Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing healthy boundaries, self-esteem, and how sacrifice isn't necessarily a virtue. How Akasha, Prana, Chi manifests through us into the world Therefore, how we operate as physical spiritual beings is markedly different on our right side versus our left. Our left side is what we bring into our lives, the things which we accept, allow to support us, and claim as part of our identity. Our right side is concerned with what we put out into the world, such as work product, careers, education, logistics of living, and so on. If we're doing it out there, we're leaning to the right. Our right arm has an energy center or sephira called Gebera. It's creatively active, seeking to remain centered while stretching outward, eyes focused on the horizon, arms outstretched to encompass the sky. Gebera is the prudent and progressive ruler whose kingdom is sacred space, and whose subjects are the artisans and thinkers, inventors and creators, who take materials and create the new from them. Prudence tells us good neighbors and good rulers need good boundaries, and so Gebera is seen as the ruler who maintains fortifications, not to retreat and isolate, but to prevent injustice and misuse of strength or power. This energy center holds the energy of a realist and somewhat of a pragmatist, therefore is prepared like a warrior who hopes never to go to war. The right-hand side is not a nurturing healer, but a surgeon who cuts away what's diseased or damaged or harmful. This energy is pictured as a sacred stone circle on a hill. The stone stands straight and tall, delineating the sacred space inside. This hill is part of a mountain range, so the foothills rise up behind it into the mountains, yet green flows outwards in all directions. Roads lead to the stone circle, and all are welcome who enter with respect and a good heart. Cottages dot the landscape, each a lively bustle of creativity and artistry, and a small hamlet is nestled at the foot of the mountains, with smithies and architects and scholars all plying their trade and sending their gifts out into the world. In this place is the sacred stillness from which all outward movement stems. If this center is honored and maintained, then there is peace in the realm, and all is prosperous, active, bountiful, creating wonders to amaze the world. If the center is violated, if there's a transgression or injustice or the boundaries are penetrated, if the precincts are defiled, then all industry turns to war, and everything and everyone is marshaled in the need for defense and, better yet, offense, in order to correct what's gone wrong. What's amazing about this stone circle on the hill is when viewed with eyes which look towards gain or desire, or jealousy, or want. The center appears empty. The stones delineate a graveled space with a flat, round paver embedded in the center. Stand on this paver, and there is nothing but wind in the rocks. 
enter the circle with an open heart, having tried to live in accordance with what's right and just, being in harmony with the boundaries of the universe and its embodiment, and then all which can be unfolds in front of you like walking into another dimension. Geborah is one of the sephira we in Western society are most comfortable with. Here we're able to create our external identity through a job, a home, the region we choose to live in, and the lifestyle we inhabit. We make choices concerning what we want to do, what we need to do, and how to do them. We evaluate what comes into our life, who we connect with, what that connection is like, and how much time and effort we'll expend. This is where we work to make our mark in the world, where we're taught to seek our identities, and where we spend the majority of our adult lives. Through our right-hand side, we work hard in order to make life work. This is also the place where raw materials come in and finished products go out. Products, services, education, and wisdom are generated here, but they don't stay. This is the sephira of outward facing. What is made here, and less specifically targeted for the self and thereby shunted directly to Hesed, goes out into the world. Geborah doesn't act in order to get rewarded or to gain glory or to coerce affection. With our right side, we face outward making sure the right actions are taken and the right end results are achieved. Geborah is a ruler who inspires both love and awe. While not cold, neither is this energy center warm and fuzzy. It does not promote connection other than to foster righteous actions, just behaviors, and the good life of best practices. The right-hand side rules through good governance. Plenty of resources come in through right relationship. They're utilized correctly to create the best outcome and then put out into the world again. Mistakes occur and are dealt with both as a learning exercise and as a problem to be resolved in the best way possible for all concerned. Keeping good boundaries is the way this energy center maintains the balance. For the right-hand side of things, seen as a community or realm, each activity, each craft, each participant has its place, not to create a false hierarchy or power structure, but to assure that each has all they require in order to function well. Work, hobbies, vacations, time with our loved ones all have their place and are harmoniously interwoven through right-hand leadership. Each is protected from negative actions, happenstances, or random occurrences which might interrupt their work, as well as to keep each interacting harmoniously with the others and the whole. For example, a stove is not evil or wrong if located in the garage, but the main purpose of a stove isn't served well in that location, and should a lighted burner interact with gas or kerosene, negative events could occur. In the same vein, if a stove is in the kitchen and being used correctly, but a child reaches up to touch a hot burner unknowingly, the action isn't evil or meant with malicious intent, but negative outcomes abound. Keeping a good boundary around the stove allows for cooking and crafting while preventing accidental burning. Also, keeping an eye on what is cooking can keep things from burning, which is handy if you plan on eating. Our right-hand energy is guided by these virtues. Courage, energy, justice, and integrity. 
It rules through considered actions, which are the best practices in the moment, not only for them, but for the realm and beyond. In Geburah, the fact that we act with righteousness, considering the justice of the situation, not just for ourselves, but for all embodied beings, makes us worthy rulers of the kingdom. The more we become a global culture, understanding each other's ways and beliefs, the more we come to understand the similarities in our beliefs and values. Each of us participates in Geburah and has Geburah as part of our being, regardless of what spirituality we practice. Geburah's boundaries are strong but flexible in order to interact with the world. This is one reason why the visual representation is a ring of stones and not a fortified castle with a moat. The boundaries guide interactions into a harmonious best practice so all benefit. These boundaries are the balance point not only within the kingdom, but outside as well. In this energy center is strength and discernment, power and law. These are the building blocks of boundaries which delineate what is me from what is not me. They define what is mine from what is not and seek to determine what is good from what is evil, what is just or unjust. When the center holds, when everything is in balance, what is good and right and just is done and applied to the self and to those outside the kingdom, and all parties abide and act in kind. I like to think of this like the human ear. When the pressure inside is the same as the pressure outside, not only is there no pain, but we're able to experience the world around us and ourselves with the sense which is most connected both to the logical, which is speech, and the emotional, which is music. When things are out of balance, we're cut off. Internal fluid or swelling causes acute pain and can render us completely ineffective at anything other than self-care and healing. Blockage from the outside can also be painful and stop our ability to intake information. When Geburah is unbalanced, when boundaries are inappropriately or ineffectively applied, things can become negative relatively quickly. When the boundary is too porous, we give up power to another and become simply a pawn a resource, a thing to others. Relationships become unequal, abuse is common, and what could be seen like service or support morphs into servitude. There are many common examples of this, such as the workaholic whose whole identity is their job, or the parent who lives vicariously through their children, or the person who works tirelessly at their art then gives everything away while they live a life of hardship. On the other side, if the boundaries are too strong, not flexible, or allowing interactions, then tyranny can be the result. If we have no interest in, connection to, or interactions with others as equals, then they become objects, either to further our interests or obstacles which must be removed. We see this often in business and think nothing of it. The person who slept their way to the top, or the Wall Street guys who stab each other and everyone else in the back and climb the ladder to get to the bailout. If our right-hand abilities are used in a malicious way, they become tyrannical and controlling, being used to dominate with harsh judgments, calloused and uncaring intellect, and steely resolve. When this energy is unbalanced towards passiveness, then it will make no choices on its own have no opinions, 
allow any transgression, and work tirelessly against its own interest, even to the point of disease, in order to satisfy the choices and orders of others. Because this energy center doesn't act from empathy or deep abiding love, it can seem cold. In this energy center, love is displayed in the way it provides the structure for a happy, well-lived life to exist. Gebra also manifests in the manner of tough love. This can make understanding its loving nature difficult to discern when the loving thing to do in a situation is to say no or set a boundary which stings. Discernment, risk-benefit analysis, right action, includes knowing what to end, what to cut away, what to release in order to create. This sephira understands pruning is necessary for the health of the plant, plowing the old crop under makes way for the next season, and like Kali, destruction of demons makes fertilizer which allows good deeds and good people to flourish. One of the symbols of Gebra is the glowing upright sword of righteousness, the beacon which guides the way and removes whatever no longer serves. This energy, when healthy, is not malevolent, but rather pragmatic and totally dedicated, using rationality and caution to make sure the realm is healthy and well-functioning, and to cut away what is not with a minimum of fuss. Gebera is not cold and dispassionate nor filled with rage, but is instead passionately righteous and unswerving in its duties. It is the fiery sword which restores balance. Another way to see right-handed energy is through the need to balance personal rights with sacrifice. Too much of one and too little of the other can make monsters or ghosts out of anyone. In Gebra, living a just and righteous life means standing up for yourself. It's full of self-determinism, self-assertion, and focused awareness. When in balance, this energy center speaks the truth without fear or regret about itself and the actions taken. This is the place of healthy self-esteem and self-image, stemming not from inflated ego, but from hard work and an unflinching eye. If we're unbalanced in self-esteem, having too much, overvaluing the self, focusing too far outward and losing humility, then what we manifest twists into somewhat of a monster which honors no one, hears no one and rains destruction on everything in its path without caring. In such a case, this sephira becomes a despot, much as Idi Amin, Muammar Gaddafi, Robert Mugabe, or Slobodan Milosevic. It's the salesman who sells snake oil, the boss who takes credit for others' ideas or work, the lover who talks of love and commitment and then leaves when the money runs out. On the other side of the boundary is sacrifice. Most of us have come to think of sacrifice as giving up something we dearly love for someone else's benefit, or as something done in ancient cultures before they knew better, i.e. Romans sacrificing Christians, cannibals eating their enemies, tribal cultures scrying with chicken entrails, or blood poured in libation to war gods like Mithras. We see sacrifice as either romantic or evil. It's done to a person as a punishment, or we choose it freely for love, out of the goodness of our hearts and best spiritual practices. But sacrifice's highest form is relationship, 
an action which creates connection, a conversation. This is a way in which we both express who we are and show how we value and honor the other. Sacrifice is at the center of the Cain and Abel story, which contains very succinct and resounding examples of good boundaries, bad boundaries, and how through various types of sacrifice, including fratricide, these play out externally, internally, and spiritually in our connection with divinity. Our right-hand energy center is about being practical, not idealist or romantic. Sacrifice is neither intrinsically harmful to the self, nor evil, nor malevolent, but is instead an energy exchange. Sacrifice is something where items and materials are sacrificed in order to create a new form, where all other options are sacrificed in order to select the one option, which will come into being. Sacrifice is about giving up something in order to achieve something more. For example, giving time and energy to school in order to achieve a degree is sacrificing the other things and experiences which could be created. Yet it's worth it, hopefully. Sacrificing all other relationships and the variety of freedom which comes with the status single in order to marry someone you love is a trade worth making in order to have the joys of marriage. Hopefully. Sacrifice then is seen not as a loss, but a transformation of energy or force, releasing latent energy in order to achieve something else. Geburah becomes unbalanced inward when the sacrifices made are in unequal measure. When the sacrifice creates no return. When the sacrifice does not support the realm, but gives away necessary resources for another's benefit without consideration of the health of the realm, then negative consequences occur. Many of us think self-sacrifice is noble and to be promoted, but again, this is an ideal a romantic notion which Geburah discards out of hand. As Dion Fortune points out, dynamic energy is as necessary to the welfare of society as meekness, charity, and patience. We must never forget that the eliminatory diet which will restore health in disease will produce disease in health. We must never exalt the qualities which are necessary to compensate an overplus of force into ends in themselves and the means of salvation. Too much charity is the handiwork of a fool. Too much patience is the hallmark of a coward. What we need is a just and wise balance, which makes for health, happiness, and sanity all around, and the frank realization that sacrifices are necessary to obtain it. You cannot eat your cake and have it in the spiritual sphere any better than anywhere else. To dig further into what Dion Fortune has written, the most clear-cut example of unbalanced sacrifice is pointed out to each of us each time we board an airplane. The crew reminds us, in the case of a sudden decrease in cabin pressure, a mask will descend in front of you. Please make sure to put your mask on first before attempting to help anyone who may be traveling with you. What they're putting into a positive light could also be stated this way. If you sacrifice yourself for the person you're with, you'll die. Not only does this mean you'll no longer be able to help them, you'll actually be a hindrance to the rest of us because you'll be a corpse. You'll be in the way, and others will be obstructed from helping because of your rotting hulk. 
I sometimes wish they'd pantomime this while we're waiting on the runway, but I have a sarcastic sense of humor, which isn't always family friendly. Sacrifice, which leaves a person without the ability to take care of themselves or which harms themselves, is Geborah out of balance. With self-esteem strong but humble through being open to others and with sacrifice being used in the right manner to further a righteous life, the boundaries are able to do their job effectively, maintaining the sacred precincts in an open manner for all to enjoy. Paying attention to your physical right arm and hand can show you dramatically where you are with this energy center and how you're manifesting yourself into the world. Is it skilled? Loose, flexible, and available for what comes? Does it have pain? What kind and where? Is it overworked, stiff, and stuck with limited motion? Working with your energy centers isn't just about tuning in mentally. They express physically and manifest us as much as we manifest them. Listening to your right arm, giving it what it wants, Allowing it to explore new ways of doing things can have profound transformational effects on the entirety of your life. Are you ready to reach out for what's possible? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be digging into intimate relationships and how we can mistake students or clients for partners. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.